Ready to roll, are we? We are ready to roll. All right. Good evening, everybody. It is so good to see each and every one of you here. Uh, just a quick reminder, uh, please do check out, uh, those of you that are on our members only page, we still uh, are going to be putting up posts for topics and questions, and uh, hopefully you will uh, bring those. And, you know, we, we really look forward to, to seeing each and every one of you. Um, we're back in services, full, full swing. Yeah. And so uh, we encourage you, if you haven't been to church in a while, uh, we want to see you. We want to see you come on back. Amen. And uh, we enjoy you joining us in this sense, but there's nothing quite like being in God's house with brothers and sisters in Christ. Whole different ballgame. Whole another ballgame. Well, that's what I miss the most, I think, about church was the, the, the people. That yeah. Was oh, yeah. So tonight we're going to get started with a song. And this is a, a little new to me anyways. And it might be new to you too, brother. This is uh, Randy Travis. Randy Travis is not new to me. <laughs> no. He had been around a time or two, yeah. I reckon. So. Alright. So it kind of goes like this. It's got a little talking in the front, but then it picks up a little bit. He says, Well, I want to talk to you for a minute about an old man I met. He said, boy, you're looking at trouble. I bet your life's a mess. He said, I used to have that same problem, too. I was always out of control. And you know, the only thing that ever said it right for me was a little good old rock and roll. <laughs> and he said, I put my feet on the rock. started now with a word of prayer all right father we thank you so much for this evening lord we thank you so much for allowing us to come together and do this uh father just to uh, dig into your word and to search the scriptures father what a an awesome privilege that is and to have the freedom to do so lord now as we come together lord and endeavor to uh, through your word answer these questions and topics that have been given to us father i pray that someone that's listening lord it might be an encouragement to them that it might lift them up, Father, 
Lord, that if there's one that doesn't know Jesus Christ, that they would be saved before it's everlasting too late. Father, all these things we are so thankful for. Most of all, we thank you for Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so tonight we've got a, a, quite the topic. In fact, we have a, the topic is, Thou shalt not kill. Amen. One of our members gave us that question. Uh, wants to know how the, the Sixth Commandment that says, Thou shalt not kill, uh, affects law enforcement officers, um, self-defense, and people in the military. Mm. Understandably, with all that's going on lately, some law enforcement are questioning the use of lethal force even when their lives are affected or the lives of other folks are affected. Yeah, well, you know what? We find the commandment in the book of Exodus chapter 20, and we're going to go over there now, and it's in verse 13 that simply says this, Thou shalt not kill. Good memory verse. They're the kind I'd be looking for when right. ask to remember reverse. That's right. Thou shalt not kill. Um, whenever you look at this, uh, the Hebrew word for this is ratzak. Ratzak. And uh, it's used in this verse, uh, interpreted, uh, kill, and uh, it can also be interpreted for murder as well. And whenever you read the Bible, you know, you got to take it by context and what's going on. You got to read a little bit before, yeah. read what you're reading, and then read a little bit after That's just right. to kind of grasp it because so many people take it out of context. They just take that one itty bitty verse yeah. and they miss the context in which it was said. Yeah, and sometimes they're doing it on purpose in order to make oh, it say yes. what they want to say. Yes. Uh, the word ratzak, uh, brother, is it's also interpreted uh, well in a number of ways: uh, kill, um, murder, slain, uh, slayeth. Uh, in one in one place in the scriptures, it's even interpreted death. Uh, here, it should have been uh, "Thou shalt not murder," uh, and, and there's a significant difference between kill uh, and murder. Oh yes, now, murder is the unlawful taking of a life, and kill is the lawful taking of a life. Take one's life, one's life in uh, anger, uh, hatred, or, or malice. Uh, well, that's that's murder. Mm -hmm. uh, the worst kind of murder, according to Scripture, seems to be when you lie and wait for someone, or what we would call today uh, premeditated murder. Well, in fact, uh, you can find that in Exodus chapter twenty-one, the very next chapter, uh, verse for, verse fourteen says, "But if a man come presumptuously upon his neighbor to slay him with guile." Thou shalt take him from mine altar that he might die. And this is this is murder in the first degree, as we call it. This is premeditated. And notice it says uh, in guile. It's, it's in hate or with malice towards that individual. And in, in fact, whenever you read that, you go on uh, a little bit further in Exodus uh, chapter 23. It actually will tell you in the, the seventh verse. Uh, keep thee far from a false matter, and the innocent and righteous slay thou not, for I will not justify the wicked. Uh, so it, it, it also talks about leaving the innocent and the righteous alone. You know, arbitrary uh, killing of individuals is never justified by God, mm -hmm. uh, brother. Uh, you know, we don't have the authority uh, to execute judgment on our own. Uh, in fact, God says, you know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will pay. Uh, God's plan for man. Uh, is, is order, and uh, he says that the powers that be are under his control. Romans 13, 1 tells us, if we resist the power, uh, that is the power to be, we are resisting the very ordinances of God, because God ordains rulers uh, of, of nations. 
You know, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, it says this. It says, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourself, for they watch for your souls, as they must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable uh, for you. So it, it tells us here that we need to be respectful of the ones that have the rule over us. We should have a respect for authority. Yeah, right. And, and whenever... Whenever you see this, it says, you know, they're going to have to give an account. You know, God has allowed them to have that place of authority and, and, and power. And what they do with it, they're going to be held accountable for it. They're going to stand before God one day and give an account of everything that they had been given. And, you know, it, it, it's often most profitable for you, though, uh, if you're polite and uh, that, that your ruler be happy as opposed to grieved by you. And so, of course, this is speaking of a ruler who is ruling in a godly manner. Yeah, that's right. Uh, in in uh, Mark chapter 12, verses 13 through 17, the Bible says, Render to Caesar, Caesar that which is Caesar's, and render unto God that which is God's. Uh, what that means for us is that in worldly things, follow the law of the land. But in spiritual things, follow the law of God. Uh, however, you know, we're not to give ourselves into, or if you will, uh, yield uh, to the authority of government that are made on uh, corrupt criminal things uh, or that promote the worship of false gods. Yeah. You know, uh, God's law is higher than man's law. So anytime there's a conflict between God's law and man's law, mm -hmm. you know, we're to follow God rather than man. You know, as you look through the Bible, and as you read about the, the various number of sins, whenever you go over the, um, the Ten Commandments and the explanation that follows afterwards, there are several um, sins that the penalty for that would have been death. Yeah. Uh, some of those are, uh, are murder, uh, rasa, uh, incest, um, man who lies with... Uh, mankind as he lies with a woman, bestiality, uh, cursing his father or mother, fortune telling, and there's a bunch of others in that chapter as well. Man, and you, you, you look at this, and all these, and like you said, more, uh, received the death sentence in the Old Testament. And this was uh, by the authority given by God, and this was to maintain order in the society that they had. In fact, think of it this way. Kids, you have it really easy nowadays. You really do. And what do I mean by that? Um, back in the Bible times, you couldn't smart off to mom and dad. You couldn't raise a hand to mom and dad. In fact, I remember one time I was shopping at a, a grocery store. Knowing me, it was probably either Walmart or Publix because those were the two biggest things near us. And I was standing in line, and this lady and her kids walked in. And the older boy could have been about maybe 12, 13 years old. He started drifting away from her. She said, hey, I told you we need to stay together. Get back over here. We're going down this aisle. And he says, why don't you go over there, you old hag? And by the way, that's what they would call the radio version. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, safe for listening. I mean, it was far worse than that, what he said. Um, and then she just, mama just rolled her eyes and walked off, his mama did, and walked off down the aisle. And the kid kept walking the other way. I was standing there in line thinking, I got a three liter of soda in my hand. I said, I bet I could throw it and hit him and nobody know the difference. And I'll tell you, that would have never happened with my mama. 
And you know, my mom was only about five foot five. And if I'd have smarted off to her, she'd have whipped me. And then I wouldn't have even had to wait till I got home because dad probably would have been en route to the store, especially if I had called my mom what he did. And he'd have torn me up right in front of that entire store yeah, for everybody to. to hear. Yeah, he to. And, but in Bible times, what you don't get, in Bible times, such a, a, a curse, to, to curse at one's mother and father. Uh, the, the Bible said they were to be delivered to the elders at the gate, that they might be stoned to death. And by the way, that's not what stone means today. That's the biblical sense, meaning they grabbed rocks and threw it at them until they died. Yeah. yeah my daddy slapped me in the next week, brother, if I said something <laughs> like that to my mom. Uh, you know, some form of killing uh, are, are, morally, are morally just. That's right. Uh, and one of those is the killing of an enemy during wartime. Uh, God even praises some of the soldiers who have killed uh, the enemy in battle, uh, like David's mighty men. And we find in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 10 through 18, uh, it established rules for combat for soldiers. One of those rules that affected Israel is those cities that were inside the land that God had promised Israel uh, as an inheritance. Uh, God commanded that they uh, save nothing alive that breathed. Uh, it was complete annihilation of, of everyone and everything that was in that town. And this seems to be harsh for us to consider this. But it's still that way in, in the Middle East uh, among warring factions there. But the right way of looking at the killing of, of innocent involves seeing life as, as being most precious. And the taking of it as a terrible crime against victims, uh, the victim's very soul. When someone's murdered, brother, it, it affects everyone that the person has, has touched in their life. Their family and their friends, co-workers. Their children. In, in fact, perhaps the worst thing of all is if this person has never been saved, never been born again, never accepted Christ, uh, and and he is killed or she is killed, they are killed. Uh, they never have an opportunity to be saved again, and so it has, it can have eternal consequences mm. uh, because it it, it it keeps you from going to heaven and you'll wind up being sent to hell. And how many people, well, I would say probably some would, but how many people really would want to send somebody to hell? And you know, the Bible declares, though, that one who commits murder, uh, that the price to be paid is that of the murderer's life. Uh, you know, life for life. It says, he that smiteth a man in Exodus chapter 21, 12, uh, shall surely be put to death. And uh, so the compensation, if you will, the... Um, the price to be paid for murder is the blood of the murderer themselves. But if you notice, uh, that murderer, and which, by the way, we define that as the unlawful killing of a person, uh, that uh, murderer had no care about the person that they killed. They didn't care about those around them or nothing. They didn't have a choice in the matter when they was murdered. That's right. And so... If you look at it, the murderer actually has rights that the victim did not. Right. Uh, why? Because he is to receive a, a trial and uh, laws to be administered fairly and, and honestly, which he didn't deal that way with the person that he murdered. Yeah. You know, the New Testament lays down the proper role of civil government in the carrying out of justice. Uh, the evildoers are, are to be punished even to the point of bearing the sword. Uh, this includes the lawful use of force by soldiers in legitimate battles. Uh, 
Uh, nowhere do we find God ever denouncing the profession of a soldier uh, because they are uh, because they, he knows that they're a necessary part of maintaining the peace of a nation. Uh, each nation has an awful right to defend itself against the uh, predator nations. Mm -hmm. And while governments are required to work together to avoid war, they also have the right to prepare for war as well. And you know, uh, just as uh, it said in Romans chapter 13, you know, God ordained the, the, the protection and, and the detail of keeping the peace to the state, to the, to the nation, and that they were to be prepared. They were to, and it, even as bearing swords, which means that their soldiers had weapons and they were to be sharp. I mean, it means they were to be ready to use it, but hopefully never had to. You know, that's just kind of like our, our, our men and women today uh, who are with our military and with our police. They hone those skills. They take that training. They dedicate that time and can use their, uh, their sidearm or what, what have you, their, their utility belt that they have. They can use everything on there, and they hope that they never have to, but they know how to if they have to. They're, they're prepared. They're ready. And you know, uh, war is sometimes necessary. It is sometimes necessary in order to maintain orderly uh, the things, an orderly world. And what do I mean by that? Take, a, for instance, World War II. Okay? Um, Hitler thought that everybody, especially the Jews, should die. And anybody who didn't have blonde hair and blue eyes. Uh, and I think history shows that Hitler must not have had a mirror. Evidently not. <laughs> or a colorblind. One of the two. And so, uh, when he declared that all-out war, him and some of his uh, allies, if you will, decided to wage war against the world, the world answered. And the allies gathered together and put it to them to stop them from, from wreaking that kind of havoc. And so um, we see that sometimes it's a, a necessary uh, a thing. But if you notice in the Bible that every time it pertains to war, the word murder is never used That's right. in, in the translation. And so if you look at that, it's, it's just not there. Well, how about those folks that uh, operate on a need-to-know basis? Very true. You know, our, our military and our federal uh, government, uh, or our federal law enforcement and things of that nature are often working on information that is need-to-know. Um, and they just go with what's been told them. And somebody says, well, what's with this need-to-know stuff? And I told somebody, or well, we, we talked to somebody who said that, you know, the Lord kind of, the Lord kind of did the same thing. He told the disciples one time, he says, uh, I'm going to share with you what you need to know. And he said, well, why can't you share it all with us? And he said, your spirit isn't ready for it. You know, you are not ready for all that, that God has in store just yet. And so uh, some people also on the, along those lines think that our tactics of camouflage and ambush and things of that nature are quite deceitful. Um, but whenever you look at it, um, we see instances in the Bible, even, where that particular method is used. One being the Israelites would send a few soldiers uh, into battle and tail out the rest of the army, and the entire nation of Israel would be waiting on the mountainsides for them to come. And they would just funnel them in and, ta-da! In fact, we spoke to, a, a, I think he was a lieutenant colonel, um, 
who told us that they use a lot of their tactics based off some of the stuff that they found in the Bible and some of the, the war tactics that they use then. Well, yeah, they worked 2,000 years ago or three or 4,000 years ago. <laughs> we might as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, brother, uh, as we've read previously uh, in Romans chapter 13, mm -hmm. uh, the state is subject unto the higher power of the Almighty God and will be judged by God for the manner in which it's run. In uh, Romans 13, 4, the civil authorities are supposed to be uh, ministers of God for the good uh, of, of man and of the church subjects, uh, not uh, not for their, not for evil. Unfortunately, it's the other way around sometimes. You know, uh, I just have to think some. I'm talking about just need to know things. You know, when you take a, a soldier that's told to, to go here and shoot this person or something, you know, he don't know why. Not so, always. you know, the monkey has to be on the back of the, the authority mm -hmm. uh, that he would be clear. You know, I think God would look at it that way. Um, you know, there's a lot of situations that requires the use of force on occasion. And the execution of wrath uh, is something that has, has to be carried out on the evil door. Uh, the weapon of the government uh, in these verses here is the sword, mm -hmm. uh, which is a we weapon of death to the offender. The carrier of that weapon, uh, at least domestically, uh, for us today, uh, is law enforcement. You know, God had uh, God had given us a lot of a set amount of laws, and along with those laws and guidelines to follow, so that we might have a peaceful life, He also gave a list of consequences and or penalties of those who would take man's peace away, and so. The world has changed so much, brother. Yeah, amen. And, and I've only been around here for 30 years. And it, I, I've seen the changes. And in in that time, in that time, uh, new things come out. They got things today that we didn't have back then. I mean, uh, look at cell phones and, and all the rigmarole and stuff like that. Well, they've since then had to write laws about the usage of phones and the usage of social media and the usage of things. Why? Because they never had that before. And so, unfortunately though, um, when things change and laws are written to protect people from these new technologies and things of that nature, um, most anything created by man though comes with its problems. Mm -hmm. For instance, we have the privilege of filming live right here, uh, right now, and being on a podcast and you know going on radio and whenever you look at it though you know we have that that freedom and we're using it to share god's word and answer give answers from god's word uh, however there's people all around the world using this same kind of technology uh in a derogatory demeaning hateful malicious way and so yes they can be nice but things that can be used for a force of good can also be used as a force of evil yeah, you know, to uh, to pass laws mm -hmm. and then not enforce them, you just, well, spit and win. <laughs> uh, law enforcement is necessary uh, to assure that those laws are enforced uh, under the authority of a civil government who is responsible to a holy and a righteous God. Uh, the responsibility of law enforcement is to promote justice fairly uh, to everyone and keep the peace between uh, men who are openly sinful and unruly. Uh, 
you know, I might add that the, the main responsibility of the, of the police uh, or the law enforcement uh, is to promote peace. Mm -hmm. I should be first and foremost most in their mind. If I mean separating somebody that's scrapping or, or whatever, it, it needs to be done peacefully. Uh, but there is a time, you know, that, that that doesn't work out. And for their own protection or protection of somebody else, a life has to be taken. Uh, law enforcement enforces the laws uh, that defend the weak and the fatherless with the sword. They also are to hold, withhold or uphold the cause of the poor. Uh, you know, people's got money, uh, lots of money. They don't have to have money, but people who've got lots of money, you know, they can hire their own police force. But how about the poor guy that don't have any money? You know, where, where does that leave him? It leaves him a victim. So the, the law enforcement, uh, they're to uphold the poor and the needy. And, and, and they, deliver, they deliver citizens uh, from the hand of the wicked that otherwise couldn't do it themselves. But they are to follow God's guidelines for justice uh, and for justice alone. They are, they're called peace officers for a reason. Most certainly. And, you know, I don't think we say it enough, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it here. Uh, thank you. Thank you to all of our law enforcement, uh, whether you're, you're federal, county, local, state, uh, whether you're in the military, we thank you. Uh, not only for your service, but for your sacrifice and, and for all the many hours that you spend separate from friends and family and in harm's way for us so that we can have this availability. And law enforcement, uh, y'all have one of the most important jobs in society. And look at this, you know, the, the Lord himself ordained, we said ordained the authorities, the powers. That's right. And so, uh, in a sense, they're to carry out as a servant of the Lord, what do I mean by that? In their duties, to apprehend the, the ones who break the law and uh, to help the poor and trodden down. You know, brother, if, if, if rulers of cities and, and countries, uh, if, it would, if it would just dawn on them for a moment that they're under the, the, uh, the authority of the Almighty God, that they may just rule their cities and their countries uh, a little different than uh, what they're doing now. If only. Yeah, if only. America's got to get back to God. Amen. And so is <laughs> a, lot of other, a lot of other folks. We're not as bad off some of them. That's right. Uh, law forces of all branches of civil government have the responsibility to restrain evil in the society that we live in. Sometimes it means that they have to use force uh, to, in compliance, uh, to make them comply. And, and, that's, and that's justified, brother, by God's word. That's not just coming off the top of my head. God justifies that. Uh, law enforcers are actually sometimes an active agents of, of God's wrath. Uh, you know, law enforcement is a pretty dangerous career. Mm -hmm. uh, it, sometimes I, it, must, it must appear to our law enforcement people that they're in a, a, a lose-lose situation. You know, it don't seem like, like anything they do uh, is the right thing. Uh, they'll catch grief from the top down, from authorities who uh, sometimes look only after their own careers. Uh, and they catch the, the grief from, from the bottom up, from people who feel that they should somehow be exempt from the law. Mm. Those who police uh, our great country 
have a noble calling that goes all the way to God himself. Uh, not everyone has chosen to be in law enforcement. Uh, neither is it everybody's calling. Law enforcers are a special breed. Uh, they're, they're folks who have a natural desire uh, for justice and for righteousness. You know, we're not, uh, we're not saying that um, we're not saying that everybody, all of them are perfect. We're not saying all of them uh, never made mistakes because uh, they're human. They really are. And, uh, but we appreciate the vast majority of them whose goal is to pursue justice and peace yeah. and, and to protect the people of America. And for most of America, um, y'all, the law enforcement, whatever branch you might be in, uh, you and our military are the last thing between evil in this world and us as citizens. And take a moment and just kind of think about this for a moment. And, man, I'll tell you, it, I guess I, I never really thought about it as in-depth as when we started this study. But you brought out this point. The challenge that they have is this. And this is what a lot of people don't realize. The challenge that they have is this. When they roll up on a scene and there's been a child who has been brutally murdered or molested or somebody has been battered, not just a child, but man, woman, child, they roll up on these gruesome, horrific scenes. And I mean, I didn't see the half of it because I worked for the funeral home. But I can only the, imagine. You've seen the end of it. I've seen the end results, but uh, to see it firsthand and, and to be that first responder, uh, to, to see that happen, um, when they roll up on these scenes, they have the challenge of reining in their own personal anger, uh, their own personal greed. You know, I see that wad of $100,000, $200,000 sitting there and slip a couple in, who'd notice? You know, they haven't counted it yet. Well, usually that kind of money laying around, the guy that uh, had it, he ain't gonna notice. Right. And so, between that and the hatred and bitterness they probably feel towards the person who did this, uh, I mean, they have to rein all that in. And on top of that, uh, the super, super challenge is to also then guarantee that if they do not have to use lethal force, that that person sees their day in court. Yeah, that's right. And so they have to, to they have to rein all that in and bring it under subjection to carry out justice and to keep peace. You know, brother, they uh, they gotta leave that they gotta leave it on the job. Mm -hmm. I mean, they can't they can't take it, and I'm sure they do sometimes, but they can't if they take it home. Mm -hmm. You know, then it causes trouble at home, and they just, they've got a, they just got a bad job all the way around. And, uh, a tough job. You know, and I remember back when I was a youngster, uh, they were called uh, peace officers. Now they're called law enforcers. That's just a difference in the attitude in society uh, between, well, 60 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, you know, law enforcers, they fight the devil daily. They do, and and they can sometimes forget uh, that God is the ultimate authority. Yet at the same time, without God, uh, they will lose their calling to maintain the peace. Yeah, and, and when you think about it, without law enforcement, there's lawlessness. That's right. 
and there's no one there to defend the poor, no one to defend the weak, and as the Bible would call it, the fatherless. And so, unfortunately, sometimes in their defense of others and themselves, uh, a human life has to be taken. Yeah, brother, might can include a warning here about, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about the police and, and how rough a job they have. Uh, governments in some places are, are, aren't treating their law enforcement people right. You know that? I mean, with what them folks have got to put up with, uh, they're not being treated right. Oh, I know there's some bad ones, and, but that's not the most of them. That's right. Most of them are good people just trying to do their job. And, uh, what bothers me? We got that? a few of those here. Yes, we do. Uh, we got some good guys here. So the, the first sign, uh, brother, that a society is, is falling into chaos real quick is, is when there is disrespect for their police and the military. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to be alarmed at what I'm seeing in some of our cities in this country today. I, I'm 70, over 70 years old. And, and when I look at what goes on today, I, I, can't, I can't believe people can, can cannot see where it's headed. You know, I know this isn't a part of it. I just want to add this. I, I saw before I came in uh, where there was this lady police officer who was coming home from work, and uh, we know because we have some men and women in law enforcement here um, coming off of a long 12-hour shift, maybe longer than that, and wanted to come through and get a, I think it was just one of them little uh, Egg McMuffins at McDonald's. And she had ordered it ahead of time. And when she got there uh, and got her receipt and everything went down to the next window to get her food, uh, they were stalling. And so she kept asking about it, sitting at the window, and they kept snickering and laughing and, and pointing and everything like that. Um, and they told her to pull up and they'd have her food ready for her. And, you know, you and I know a, a, an Egg McMuffin is like... Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I, I had a friend who worked in the fast food industry and it's just... Grab it off the rack and put it in the rack right. and it's ready to go. Uh, but she just wanted to go and get a, a bite of breakfast out, you know, something like a little McMuffin. And whenever it came to her, even the person delivering it was laughing and chuckling. And she just took the coffee and said, I won't have the other because she was afraid that they had done something to her. And it's it's a sad day in our country whenever our law officers can't even go to the drive-thru at a fast food place and get a a, a muffin a sandwich. Yeah, someone needs to get a handle on, the, on, on this thing pretty soon. Uh, or soon we'll not have anything left but a, but a violent, lawless, and degenerate uh, country that's run by criminals and thugs. I mean, some people say we're being run by criminals and thugs now, uh, but uh, you don't know how bad it can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to respect our peacekeepers in all levels of government, uh, or soon there will be no peace anywhere. Uh, you know, right now it's mostly confined to the large cities, uh, and us out here in the rural areas, we we just kind of look at it and say, "Man, that's too bad for them." But you know, it's not to stay in the cities if it's not stopped there. Mm-hmm. It, will, it will keep spreading. Uh, and uh, national, our national freedom uh, and security. Uh, comes from allowing the law enforcement officers of our, uh, of our country to uh, to uh, uphold the law and the, and the godly principles by 
you know, that our law enforcement uh, have to have to do. You know, I remember uh, one time, I have a, a friend of mine, he was coming back from being in Iraq. And as he was coming back, uh, he hadn't even changed out. He, he was wearing, you know, his, his green t-shirt and his camos, you know, his camo pants and his boots, wearing his little cap. And as he was coming home, he stopped in at a buffet place. And he sat down. And after a while, he noticed he hadn't been served yet. So he went over and asked the waiter, hey, what gives? And he said, I'm not going to serve you because you're nothing but a, a killer and all this. And I, I don't agree with the military and so on and so forth. And so a group that was meeting in their party room, uh, they were supposed to have about 50 people. And only about 20 of them had showed up. They were still waiting for the rest of the, the crowd to get there. Um, some of them were veterans, and they overheard, and they came over. And they talked with him. They found out what had happened. Well, they went to the manager, to, only to find out that the manager sided with the waiter and said that they had the right to refuse anybody uh, that they so choose. So that entire party, including the ones that wasn't there, they called them up and said, hey, we're changing places. Left. And took him to dinner somewhere else. Yeah, they got the right to choose someplace else. But you know, the interesting thing in all that, see, when I heard that, my blood boiled. It really did. I got upset because I realized what they, they do for us. But look, at this is what he said. He said to the waiter, I'm sorry you feel that way. He said, but no, I lay my life on the line and so do my brothers and sisters in arms so that you can have the freedom to feel that way. You know, tonight, uh, let me encourage you this. If you see a police officer or law enforcement, like I said, our, our, whether they be government, local, state, state federal, whatever, state. military, you want to make their day, tell them thank you. I know they don't hear it near enough. Let them know that you're praying for them. And share, share God with them. Who knows? I'll tell you what. And, and I can't, I can only speak from knowing the Lord, but I'm sure if you ask the police officers in our nation who know the Lord as their Savior, that they'll tell you that there's a peace that some of the others don't have because they know that he's with them. That's right. And let them know. Let them know how much you appreciate them. Tonight, we got one more topic. I'm going to let Brother Doug close this one out. And that is, uh, what does the Bible say about... Self-defense. Yeah. Well, in Exodus 22, 2, the Bible says that if a thief is found breaking up, and that is breaking in, uh, and he is smitten that he die, and I assume that by the owner, <laughs> there shall no blood be shed for him. You know, it's a justified killing. Uh, God gives us the authority to defend our property. Unfortunately, there's some civil governments that don't agree with that. Uh, as far as defending our, ourselves and our family, we find Abraham uh, in Genesis 14 rescuing his nephew Lot, uh, who had been kidnapped by a raiding party. And then in the New Testament, Jesus himself uh, asked his disciples to take a sword, even they had to sell the cloak to get one. Uh, and a, brother, a sword only had one purpose at that time, and, and that was to defend yourself or others. And uh, we talked to... Uh, Brother George Garner yesterday morning, I guess it was, and uh, he was a, he was telling us about that, 
And he said, you know, uh, that sword, it wasn't an evangelistic tool. <laughs> you know, so, you know, there is a place for personal defense in the eyes of the Christian. Uh, even, there was even uh, among Jesus' disciples. So, rather while the taking of another person's life uh, should be a last resort thing, uh, it, it still can be used to defend yourself or others. I mean, after all, my life is important to that guy, you know. Uh, whoever it may be. Law enforcement have the same rights. In fact, it's their responsibility to defend others who are under deadly attack as, as well as themselves. But however, the life of another human being uh, is precious in the sight of God and should always be in focus when you're defending yourself or others with deadly force. Uh, it should also be remembered, brother, that you know everybody makes mistakes. And, uh, and that includes law enforcement. Mm -hmm. uh, no one is perfect. Uh, and sometimes forgiveness needs to be extended when mistakes are made. Uh, unless, you know, unless they're not a mistake and just done something that's done on purpose. But my dad used to tell me not to expect any more from others uh, than I'm willing to do myself. And, you know, I think that's pretty good advice uh, for everyone. Uh, as long as... We're in this fleshly body. And we're going to have trouble loving one another. That's, that's just gospel. You know, We're encouraged to love one another time and time again in Scripture. If it wasn't a problem, he wouldn't have to keep on reminding us. And, uh, you know, and peace is going to have to be restored in our relationships from time to time. Uh, there will always be corrupt and self-centered leaders who try to force their will on other nations. Uh, and someone will have to step up and stop them. Until we can always love one another as we love ourselves, uh, peacekeepers will have to be employed to maintain an orderly society. Uh, the good ones deserve our respect, uh, and the bad ones need to be removed from their duties. No way should we be holding all uh, a police force accountable for the, the actions of one. However, folks, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, uh, the love of God is not in you. Uh, and, and you can't express what's not in you. Uh, you're a part of the problem, not a solution. Uh, if you're not born again as a child of God, you can't have that love that you need to have toward others. If you're listening to this broadcast uh, and you're not saved tonight, uh, I urge you to repent of your sins and accept Jesus Christ uh, right where you're at right now. Brother, you have a song for us? I do. This is a very popular hymn we got in our hymn book. Mm -hmm. 